Hello and welcome to Making Better Bites. My name is Adrienne and I am your podcast host and I am so happy to be back recording another episode. Um, today, like you probably can tell from the title, we are talking about the importance of making your hormone health or any health shift in your life a true lifestyle change and not just looking at it as a short-term fix. So this is why I always talk about um, developing new habits, having healthy habits, and not just like setting steps to reach goals because we are looking for a long-term health change and adjustments in our lives, right? Um, so I just want to preface as I always do. I don't really have much to catch you up on, but um, making sure you understand that this is just um, for general information. It's not meant to be diagnostic or prescriptive. Uh, make sure that you're always checking with your personal trusted healthcare providers and um, before moving forward with any major changes. So I'm just kind of going to be sharing my story and my experience. And yeah, you can do with that what you will. Um, but yeah, without further ado, I just want to go ahead and start talking about it because this had crossed my mind recently. You know, I'm always trying to passively come up with podcast ideas. I never want to like force any of the podcasts, like force the idea. And I want it to be something that I genuinely want to talk to people about. And it's like, okay, I have this platform. I have people who are interested and concerned about their hormone health, about their health as a woman and different things that they want to learn. So what can I do? What would I want to talk to this audience about, right? Because sometimes, you know, through a screen or just a microphone, however you consume my podcast episodes, it can be easy to forget that like, there are people out there that I'm talking to, you know? So I just try to think like if I were to give a talk to a room full of people or just be chatting with my best friend um, about their concerns, what are some topics and some points I would want to touch on? And a lot of my ideas come from like things I see in the media or in like watch consuming other social media, consuming other people's podcasts or like exactly what I said, like talking to a friend, things that come up, talking to my sisters or my mom, my husband, um, just different things like that. Just different general conversations that I have day to day and things that spark me and spark passion um, in me and that I'm like, you know what? I need to talk to the podcast audience about this because I think that they would really appreciate and benefit from hearing what I'm saying. I mean, Hopefully that is why people are listening, right? Like you want to learn from me as a dietitian and as um, a female who's been through a lot of like hormone imbalance problems and has found my way on the other side of feeling so much better. So I, so I try to come up with ideas basically that will benefit you from that way. So whether that is um, hormone health, hormone nutrition, my experience, or hearing from other professionals about other aspects in um, women's health all of those different things. Um, yeah, I just want to benefit my audience always. So that is why I wanted to talk about why this all needs to be a lifestyle change and not viewed as like a diet or um, something that's hindering your life or something that's difficult for you to be doing or changes that are hard for you to make that you don't see as being sustainable because um, your hormones are with you for the rest of your life. It's something that you need to take care of. 
obviously things change at different stages. Like you go through puberty and then, um, you know, in your 20s, things are different. And like with pregnancy, postpartum, um, nursing, and then eventually uh, you have menopause, just like different stages of your female hormone health, of course. But right now, if you're with me, you know, in your late teens to like mid 30s, at least, I would say, um, you're kind of in the same boat that I'm in. So um, if you're watching on, <laughs> if you're watching my YouTube video, you can, I can very clearly see these little sprouts of hair that I have growing. So I apologize, try to ignore them and I'm going to try to ignore them as well. Um, but if you're listening, you can't see that I'm like messing with my hair. So sorry. Um, but yeah, so everything is intertwined and this is why it's so important for it to be habit lifestyle changes right everything that has to do with your health is intertwined this is what i'm learning more and more i already knew it but like the more i learn and the more i read about all of these hormones and all of the nutrition and the different vitamins and minerals and things that are present i mean there is only so many vitamins and minerals that exist right so of course our multiple areas of our body rely on um, repetition of these minerals vitamins proteins, carbs, fats, everything, right? So everything you're doing is intertwined. It all has to do with one, plays off of one another. So we have your thyroid, we have your blood sugar, we have cortisol, we have reproductive health. All of those things involve hormones. And while they might not all involve the same hormones, some of them do, so there is some overlap, of course, but they all involve hormone health and all hormones then play off of each other because like we've talked, um, your body is just trying to maintain balance. And if one thing is off in one area, it can lead to problems in another area, um, whether they're directly correlated or indirectly, just how your body reacts. So of course your thyroid has its own independent hormones, your T3, your T4, TSH, all of those things. Your blood sugar, we talked on the last episode with the estrogen dominance and the fiber, the blood sugar. Um, We've got insulin, we've got glucagon, we've got cortisol, all of these things. And then cortisol, like I just mentioned, but like your adrenals and your cortisol production and your stress hormones and healthy versus unhealthy levels of it. And then reproductive health, we've got estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, all of these things playing into each other. And then all of those things systemically play into each other as well. So they have their individual systems and then there's the greater systems of your endocrine system and then the even greater system of that, which is just your body functioning overall. And so with all of that, I have learned through my own personal health that there are three major facets to all of this like health thing that tie in together that make up your lifestyle for the most part. So those three facets that we're going to talk about are diet, sleep, and activity. Those are a majority of where your healthy habits are going to fall under one of those three categories. And of course, even there, those things are all intertwined. And the more healthy habits you have, the more they kind of affect each other and play off of each other. And so that's kind of where I've come to the conclusion in my life as well is that, um, the more healthy things I'm doing for myself, the more good habits I have in one area, it encourages me to then have good healthy habits in another area or makes me like more likely and willing and excited to do those things. Um, so with my diet, 
Uh, I have talked many a times, and maybe it's even more annoying that I say how I've said it before. But anyways, I have talked about my beginning journey. It was in November of, let's see, this is 2023, making my journey began in November of 2021, where I was tired of how I felt. I knew that I would want to begin my journey of having a baby in the next year at the time, but I'm I'm obviously not pregnant. So, or not obviously, but I'm letting you know, I'm not currently pregnant. I have not been pregnant. I haven't tried to become pregnant. Um, that wasn't part of the journey yet. But at the time I was like, you know what, in a year from now, I could see myself like having a desire to have a baby. And I'm on a lot of medication right now to support my body. And I kind of want to get off some of it. I'm tired of taking so much medicine. I just want to be myself. And what kind of things can I have control over in order to make that change happen. So at the time, I had for a few years been on medication for hypothyroidism, and I had symptoms um, physically and in my blood work that showed up that I had signs of hypothyroidism. So I took this medication every day. There's all these rules around it. (laughs) Well, not really all these rules, but like you had to take it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, and you couldn't eat anything for 30 minutes after you took the medication. Like that was the ideal medication consumption. And that was something that was really, really hard for me because I did not, well, it was hard for me to remember to get up and take it right away. I struggled with that as the first point. And then to still, like if I forgot to take it within the first 30 minutes of waking up, then that means like I took it a half hour late. And then I had to wait a whole another half hour until I could eat technically. And then that means I've been awake for an hour, still haven't eaten. I'm very hungry. And it just, it felt like it was really interfering with me mentally and interfering with my life. Just the act of taking the medication, not the medication itself um, and kind of the guidelines around it. Right. So I was like, you know what? The first thing I want to start with here is going to be my thyroid medication because I don't want to take this medicine any longer. And what can I do about that? So I started, um, you know, I've put on my dietitian hat for myself and looking into my, um, looking into the thyroid, looking into understanding what the nutrients are that your thyroid needs, the vitamins and the minerals that go into it, and kind of like deciphering, like, where do I feel like I'm lacking and what would be something easy that I could change, of course. So the two that I picked, one was the selenium, which is an antioxidant that help protect your thyroid and help with converting your T3 and T4. And so one way that you can easily get selenium in your diet is to eat one Brazil nut a day. I'm like, perfect. That is so simple. And that is the best place for me to begin on this hormone balancing, hormone supporting, improving my nutrition journey. So I started with that. And then the other thing for my thyroid was iodine um, because I personally don't use iodized salt when I'm cooking. I use a lot of um, gosh, what is the mineral? Redmond's real salt is what I typically use. So of course, iodine is present like other foods, but I do a majority of my cooking is scratch cooking and, um, I don't use iodized salt. So I'm like, you know what? It's always been told to me that iodine is not like a huge problem where they suspect that, um, there's deficiency of course, but like, you know, I'm sure it wouldn't hurt to increase my iodine foods. And so from there, I started adding in also having um, seaweed is a really good source of iodine, especially 
Um, I mean, nori is a good source, but wakame seaweed is the one that I saw that maybe is the highest in iodine. And you can use dried wakame to make miso soup. And miso is a fermented soybean paste. And so I started, um, I thought that that was another simple thing that I could start doing nearly every day as well was to eat uh, miso soup. So the miso paste and then having seaweed in it. And so both of those things were going to be good for my gut health, for my digestion, um, with the probiotics from the fermentation in the soy, but also for the wakame seaweed to have iodine in it. And that is like basically where I began. Um, And those two small changes kind of like snowballed themselves into a lot of other changes. Uh, I knew I needed more folic folate in my life. So I increased my leafy greens, making sure I have leafy greens almost every day at breakfast um, and incorporating them throughout the day as well so that I have at least one serving, um, ideally a day. And again, those like, those were kind of my early on stages of like dietary changes that I was making in order to support my thyroid specifically, but my hormone health overall, right? And, um, and my body and my reproductive system, because like I said, I wanted to have a baby. Um, so long story short, eventually I did get to a point where I had my blood work tested again. Personally, I had stopped taking my medication. My body was feeling really great. Um, I had a lot more energy and those symptoms of hypothyroidism were kind of going away. I didn't have a ton of like physical symptoms that manifested themselves, but the ones that I knew were kind of dwindling. And so I had my blood work tested again and there was no sign of abnormal thyroid hormones at the time. And so, I mean, not that I like cured my hypothyroidism. I think my body was just lacking because along the way, I also began a lot of other things for my diet um, in order to make healthy habit changes. And all of these things are still things that I incorporate to this day. Um, The miso soup isn't something that I consume every day anymore because I get a lot of, I eat a lot of variety that contains iodine, like lots of seafood. I still have a lot of seaweed in my diet from, um, like I said, nori is another good source. And I make like hand rolls and things like that at home. So I still incorporate it regularly and I still like to eat miso soup semi-regularly as well. Um, I kind of go on kicks with it, but the general concept of my dietary changes and things I've done to support my body better are things that have stuck through now. Like it's been like a year and a half and I've been doing all of these things. Um, and so Yeah, like I said, it's just really small things that you can do to incorporate into your diet. And then those small things become more um, consistent and more stable and they just naturally then are happening in your life. And then from there, you start to add in more and more and more. Um, And just before recording this, so I've mentioned before I record this is like a spare space in my parents' um, house. And they're so kind to let me record here. I really appreciate it. And so before I came up to do my recording... Um, I was talking to my mom about how when I reflect back on things like this, like initially I'm like, I don't know that I've really even made like that many changes. Like, because I always considered myself like a generally healthy eater. Like I cook for myself a decent amount. I really love fruits and vegetables, especially vegetables now that I'm older and, um, you know, all of these things. Like I was like a generally healthy person, right? But if I think really about how my life was going, like, I was having, I had a lot of depression and sadness about my health, about my body, not um, physically how I appeared, but sadness that like, 
I felt like my body was failing me because um, I had these reproductive issues that I wasn't anticipating and never thought I had. Uh, I've talked about it, but if you don't know, I have endometriosis. I've had polyps and ovarian cysts, the thyroid. I've had surgery three times. So it's there was just a lot of sadness and depression around that. And at the time, I was very, very, very worried about my likelihood of being able to ever conceive um, on my own. Just I didn't think my health was ever going to be there. I had too many factors fighting against me. And every time I would go to the doctor for a checkup or for something new, it felt like something always was coming up. So there was always something different that they were telling me, like literally every time I was in the doctor's office. So I was just really sad about that. And all of that sadness also manifested itself into not great habits. Um, And I was experiencing some anxiety. I have general anxiety about certain things, but anyways, um, I I just didn't feel great and I wasn't doing things to really support myself. And some of those things that, like I said, when I reflect back on like actually what was going on, like when I decided to make these changes, I was eating fast food many times a week. Like I would get it a few times a week for lunch because I wouldn't feel like cooking for myself or having anything at home. I wasn't regularly grocery shopping as consistently as I do now. Now I have a very set regimen of going one time a week and getting everything for the week and making a whole menu plan. Um, I also was eating out for dinner a lot. Um, And of course, this was the height of all of the illness that was going on. And so things were closed. We were stuck in the house. Um, I had recently left like my job that I was at, but my husband was still in school. I don't know. There was just a lot of things going on, of course. And so my diet reflected that. And then because of my poor diet and my poor health in the other areas as well, reflected mentally and physically for me. And it just was not a good mix. So by choosing to take control over the things that I did have control over, I have noticed a major, major, major change in my mood, in my energy levels, and how I'm feeling. I had some of the medication that I was taking included like progesterone. I would do HCG injections, different things, and the progesterone specifically. I remember also gave, I had a really hard time with a lot of anxiety um, leading up to my period when I was doing the progesterone medication and um, I was having a lot of hot flashes, mood swings, just I just felt really miserable and I was it was not fun. Um, and now I have so much energy. I am generally consider myself a happy person. I still have sometimes when I get down um, but like I can bounce back like so fast like within an hour like I'm bouncing back, I'm feeling better. I have better coping skills and management and just just everything. My demeanor, I'm much more active, all of these things. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just feel so much better. And so that's another reason why I'm always sharing this. See, I, I made some notes and I even told my mom like, sorry, hang on, I need a drink of water. <clears throat> so I even told my mom like, I am really passionate about this topic and I have a lot to say about it. And I know I need to write down some talking points because otherwise I'm just going to ramble and I know I'm going to ramble because I have so much to say about it and I'm just so excited about it, but I'm going to reel it back in. Hang on. Sorry. Okay. I had a dry spot in my throat from 
some construction we had on the house last week. It gave me some congestion problems. Anyways, so I'm going to reel it in. But anyways, like I'm just feeling so incredibly better. My confidence, everything. So that was where kind of like the dietary shifts and why that's really important. The next one that's really important is going to be your sleep. Quality of sleep, sleep hygiene, having healthy sleeping habits is so crucial because if you're not well rested, you're not going to have anything to run off of. That was another thing we were talking about is I could not for the life of me like wake up in the mornings when I was going, when I was in like the worst of all of this. And it wasn't just like depression. I know I said that I had that a little bit. Um, experienced some depression symptoms at the time, but it was like my energy levels were so low. Like I could sleep 12, 13 hours and still wake up in the morning so groggy, not able to get out of bed. It'd be like nine o'clock. My eyes are so heavy. It was absolutely miserable. And I didn't know that there was ever going to be a time that I could change it. But my small habit changes in life that have like accumulated themselves that I keep talking about in this lifestyle shift Like, I don't even remember those times because it just over time things improved and you don't like see the stark difference. But thinking about the fact that I needed 12 hours of sleep a night to now that I go to bed regularly around the same time and I'm up between 5.30 and 6.30 every single day with lots of energy, I make it through the day, barely needing, like I don't consume caffeine just for energy anymore. Um, In the morning, I'll have one small cup of coffee like later in like 10 30 11 o'clock I usually have like one cup of coffee like truly like an eight ounce cup of coffee or one to two shots of espresso before I was drinking like you know the venti three four shots of espresso at seven in the morning on my way to work because I couldn't wake up um yeah I just didn't have any energy whatsoever um relying on caffeine all throughout the day now I do have the rule that I've talked about that I don't drink caffeine after three um But sometimes I'll have, like, one can of soda in the afternoon just because I like it, um, but not because, like, I'm about to fall asleep. So I think it's partially because of everything because, like I said, everything is intertwined. But it's also because I have really expanded on my sleep routine and my nighttime routine and just my sleeping habits in general. And I have improved my cortisol routine as well. Um, So I've learned that in the morning, you actually are supposed to have like a peak of cortisol. And then throughout the day, you want it to taper off and not have any of those spikes. And in order for your body to know to have the healthy spike of cortisol, you need to have a certain amount of um, light enter your eyes. And then that's kind of what triggers that spike of cortisol. So one of the first things that I did for my sleep routine and my like healthy sleeping habits is to start waking up, of course, at the same time every day and going to bed about the same time every day. And also that in the morning when the sun is coming up, I would go outside no matter how cold it was, no matter how hot it was, no matter what, even if it was cloudy and I would stand outside for like two to 10 minutes a day. And I would just take in the sun and be outside. And so those few things like significantly increased like my energy levels. And I truly felt a huge difference within one week of doing that, that I could go to sleep better at night. I woke up much easier in the morning and it became much more consistent for me. And 
I just had more energy throughout the day. And so I definitely attribute the Huberman Lab podcast to that. I've mentioned it before, but um, that's where I first heard about that topic and understanding how the cortisol spikes and things function. And um, it's really important that you have that peak cortisol at a healthy time in the day. So doing that completely turned things around for me because um, my motivation was really that I wanted to, my husband leaves for work pretty early in the morning, about six o'clock. And sometimes he doesn't get home until like 8.30 or so at night. And I know this is something common that a lot of people have in their lives, but I was missing him and missing being around him. And I was feeling really lonely because of that. And so I want my motivation was that I really wanted to be able to get up with him in the morning and be able to see him and spend time with him, but then also still have energy to be awake in the evening also when he came home. Uh, so yeah, I made it that I wake up between like about 5.30 every day, especially on days that he goes to work so I can make sure that I see him in the morning. And just doing that has like all of the, just doing those few habits of going to bed and waking up at the same time. And then also like going outside to see the sun has changed that and made it so much easier for me. The other things that I have done, um, in order to help my body is using just like dim lighting in the night. So, um, after I finish cooking dinner, cause I need bright light on for dinner. Cause especially when it's dark outside at like 5 PM, um, just so that I have energy and feel awake or whatever. And then after I cook dinner, we go to just like dim lights in the house. So like we do low lighting in the kitchen um, and then in the living room or if we're watching TV or whatever, I just do lamps in my bedroom. I just turn on like a low lamp that I have on my nightstand, um, dim lights in the bathroom while I'm getting ready for bed. So that really helps as well um, for helping your body prepare to wind down, to go to sleep. And then also having those things like I'm saying of like a routine of your body understanding like it's almost time for bed. So, um, you know, washing my face, brushing my teeth, flossing, like those hygiene things. And then also like having my bed it, bed already be made that I make it every morning and um, clean bedding, of course, like clean sheets, clean comforter and like fresh clean pajamas that I wear. So all of those things really signal to my body like, okay, it's time to wind down. It's time to relax. Like we're getting ready for bed. Um, trying to stay off my phone at night and setting up my phone so that I can't use any of my social media apps or anything like having um, notifications and stuff. Like when I wake up in the morning, all of those things just help my sleep improve and helped me to develop good sleeping habits and having a good sleeping routine, which has then led to me having so much more energy and just feeling so much better. Because if your body is not rested, like your body physically and your mind is not rested, then you cannot succeed and have your full capacity. I mean, I know people do are still successful, but it just makes it so much easier um, to feel good when you have the energy, you have the clear mind, and you have had a good night's sleep. Okay, third one is activity. And this was probably my, not my last one that I incorporated. Well, kind of was. So of course, I just started first with the walking. Um, I was walking regularly. I would try to get outside and walk around, just easy walks, nothing, nothing stressful, nothing too much pressure or anything like that. Um, which I think is a really accessible way for a lot of people to begin, even if it's like apartment walking or house walking, if you don't feel comfortable going outside or you don't have a place outside near you, um, which isn't as fun. But it is an option, which is 
good. Um, or just like doing chores around your house. I mean, that's, that's still movement. But then from there, I started incorporating some strength training and I was doing that at home. Um, just like videos and weights with, um, I was actually, her name is Kira. I don't know if her last name is really Stokes. Like if it is, that's really convenient, but her app is called the, is called Kira Stokes and like it's the Stokes method and um, she does training and has all these videos and long videos and short videos and little clips you can pair together, stuff like that. So that's kind of where I first started and I was really, really, really enjoying that for several months and then I got sad because, well, not sad, but like I was really missing having a gym to go to. I've talked many times about my love for rock climbing and my love for swimming And I'm like, you know what? Those are the things that really bring me joy and my body feels so good and I feel so accomplished doing them. Um, I need to start incorporating those things back into my life more regularly. So started with getting a gym membership and to someplace that had a swimming pool so that I could do indoor swimming. And that has brought me so much, so much happiness, so much peace, so much activity that I genuinely enjoy. Um, that was the first step. And then I decided I wanted to start some weight training as well while I was at the gym. Like might as well take advantage of the plethora of equipment that they had. So um, sometimes I do a little bit of walking on the treadmill while I'm there. And then I do like a three-day split. So I try to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I do a push day, a pull day, and a leg day. And I'm not any kind of trainer or anything like that. Like I I worked with my sister who has a lot of experience in that with her background. I did an interview with her before we talked about exercise. Um, She kind of helped me piece things together just to have like, I think it's like five or six exercises that I do on each of the days. So I'm not like, like I said, I'm not trying to regiment anybody, but that is an option for a split and it's a very common way to approach weightlifting. So I found it really approachable and pretty easy to do. Um, just because three days a week is attainable, it's not excessive. And I didn't feel like I was going to the gym all the time or having to get up and go to the gym every day, which was nice. And then I follow that push pull leg day, um, with swimming almost every time. And even with the swimming, it's like, I'll swim 15 to 30 minutes on a regular day. On occasion, I do go to the gym, um, just to swim like on a Saturday or something. And maybe I'll swim for like 45 minutes, but you didn't ask for my exercise routine. And if you'd like to hear about it, I guess I could make another episode or just kind of talk about on my stories, but I'm not going to go into all the details. But anyways, I just found joy in movement and I found consistency and regularity by doing all of these things. And it made me feel good and it made me feel happy. And it gave me even more energy and even more confidence to be trying new things and to working hard at something consistently and getting stronger and just noticing a difference in how I physically was feeling. So that was really accomplishing, helped with my mental health a lot, helped with my physical health, of course, um, and it helped with my energy levels. And I think it also helped with more movement, um, helps with your bowel movements and things like that. The more active you are, helps with your digestion, your metabolism, and um, it can help with reducing pain as well. So if you're doing things that are relatively low impact, not too intense or stressful for your body, which is what I really aim for, all of these things. And I help, I think it's helped improve my symptoms of like period pain and menstrual problem, menstrual health problems significantly as well. So 
that's kind of the diet, the sleep, and the activity and how I kind of made it all work for me and how all three of those things are tied into everything because like I said, they all are intertwined. All of your hormones are intertwined, your whole body as a system, and it all is important. Um, and it needs to be something that you're looking at long term. These are changes that I began and I've been doing now for over a year and I don't see myself stopping. And it's like the way I said, like when I reflect back, I don't think that like I made any huge change or anything is majorly different in my life. But it's because it's things that I enjoy doing. It's been positive improvements to my life. And they've truly become habits where I didn't even realize that the shift was happening. It just kind of came to me naturally over time and has been something that initially, of course, I had to really be mindful of and really be consistent and really focus on doing it. But within a few weeks and the it just is second nature. And I don't ever feel like I'm like falling off or like having these big drastic changes or have to hop back on to my habits. It's like, it's just my lifestyle now. And um, yeah, it's just so much better this way. I just feel so much better. And I can't reiterate that enough because it has changed my life so drastically. And I, I really want it to change yours too. I want you to feel better. I want you to have this big epiphany and all of these changes and ability to like feel so good and to take care of your body better because it really is beautiful, wonderful, magnificent, all of the good things, all of the good feelings, everything. So like I said, it took us, don't be discouraged if you don't feel this way right away. I think small changes could you could feel a difference like slowly, like building up like the whole strength thing when you first start exercising or whatever. But like if you're starting with a Brazil nut and <laughs> eating like miso soup, like that's not where you're going to see your like initial like major changes or your big feeling changes. Um, it's But over the course of a year, I changed majorly. And um, yeah, everything has improved. My blood work has improved. My menstrual cycle has improved. My pain, my energy, all of the things have improved. And and it's things, like I said, that I'm still doing. I still incorporate daily and I don't feel like it's a chore because it's just part of who I am regularly. Like my diet now, like the way I eat is it's just who I am. I incorporate leafy greens without even thinking about it. You know, I have seafood like tuna or mackerel or sardines multiple times a week. I have salmon once a week and I just naturally do it. It's not something that I'm fighting for anymore and it's not something that stresses me out or overwhelms me or that I even have to think about. It's just how I'm living. So it takes time. It really does. But I promise you it is so worth it. It is so much more worth it than a quick fix or a short fix that you think is going to change your life. Um, because you're going to get some end goal result because making small habitual lifestyle changes is actually going to change your life because it's going to be a whole, a whole new life for you in the end. As you continue pushing forward a year from now, you will have a new life. If you continue to assess how you're feeling and think about like things that don't align with where you wish to be and just make small habit changes that are for the better because that's all that it is, right? Um, your day is just a bunch of habits that are strung together that you live and those habits are either helping you get to your um, ideal life or they are preventing you from getting there. So think about things that you can adjust and that 
can be really tiny from the beginning in the beginning and over time snowball into something huge and just feeling so much better. So I really, really, really hope you guys have enjoyed this episode and have gotten a lot out of it and realized how everything is connected and why it's so important to make sure that you are adjusting things for the long term and for your life and to be feeling better. Um, you, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating that helps the podcast a lot as does sharing the episode with family and friends, anybody else who you think might benefit or enjoy it. Those things help me tremendously, um, to grow the podcast and to know that you guys are enjoying what I'm doing. So I really, really appreciate that. And yeah, that's it. You can find me on Instagram if you want. Um, I also have a newsletter that I do. All of those things are always linked in the show notes. But for now, I hope you guys have a great week and I hope that this has helped you to make better advice.